0: I like to go down and just talk with people and hear their story and um, see the graduations and, and hear participants talk about how their life has moved a step forward.
1: Hi, I'm Matthew Watkins, and you're listening to the New Thinking Podcast from the Center for Court Innovation. One challenge of problem-solving courts is reaching the people, like the homeless, whose problems you're trying to help solve. On the West Coast right now, a model that's getting a lot of attention is situating community courts in friendly downtown settings where people already tend to gather. Since 2016, with help from a grant program we operate with the Department of Justice, the community court in Eugene, Oregon, has met every week in the downtown library. Cheryl Stone is the court administrator for the city, and she helped lead the effort to bring the new model to Eugene. Cheryl, thanks very much for joining me today.
0: Sure, thank you.
1: So I thought maybe we could start by having you describe uh, a bit Eugene's downtown and I guess some of the issues that that led to the interest in, in this new community court model for the city.
0: So the city of Eugene um, serves a population of about 160,000 residents. Um, The downtown core um, is pretty active. There's a lot of city events and different things that happen um, downtown. Also, downtown is probably the highest concentration of unhoused individuals who sleep on sidewalks or in doorways. And um, the city for a long time has been working towards kind of evaluating um, that issue and um, looking at different types of solutions. And a lot of the charges in the downtown area are things like what we would call quality of life crimes, criminal trespass, disorderly conduct. So, um, Because of the high concentration in the downtown area, um, when we did a community survey to find out the perceptions of public safety, the community actually also highlighted the downtown area as a concern for them. In fact, right in the middle of downtown is our library and also a bus station. And 48% of the respondents indicated that they felt that that area was unsafe or somewhat unsafe.
1: So homeless people downtown are repeatedly attracting the attention of police. How were those problems being dealt with by the, the justice system in Eugene prior to the community court coming on board?
0: Sure. Before um, community court, um, our municipal court had a mental health court. And so as much as we could identify people with um, some mental health issues, um, we would divert them to that area. But other than that, um, essentially the sanctions were jail, road crew, probation, um, those kinds of things, fines, fees.
1: And and how would you say that, that model was, uh, was working out in terms of sol- trying to solve some of the problems that are bringing these people into the courts again and again?
0: It was not very effective at all. And, um, in fact, in 2013, um, we did an analysis that showed about 25% um, of all of the charges filed here were committed by almost 5% of um, the number of defendants. So uh, a small number of people chronically offending repeatedly. And we've seen a huge improvement in that in 2017, or significant improvement, I should say. It's a pretty significant drop when you can connect people with the right resources that address their criminogenic needs so that they're not continually
1: reoffending. So at a certain point, you start looking around for other models that are out there with community courts. And what do you turn up in in your research?
0: My research actually started in 2011 before I came to the city of Eugene. Um, I uh, was involved in a program with the National Center for State Courts and I wrote a paper called um, Access to Justice for Displaced Defendants." And it was really about these quality of life types of offenses and the impact that they have on the justice system and the um, response the justice system has to those individuals. And in that research, I ran across the Red Hook community court. And I was able to talk with Fred Cheeseman, who, who evaluated that court. And so it was obvious that that kind of approach it was obvious to me that that kind of approach would be more effective than putting people in jail, and then just releasing them back out on the street again and putting people in jail. And um, fines aren't effective at all, because they don't have the means to pay the fines. And um, so that came, that was one of my recommendations. in that paper said the community court would be a good way to address those chronic quality of life issues.
1: And how about this idea of, of situating the court in the in the library? Where did that come from?
0: Sure. While we were putting together our grant application, towards the end of that, we made a visit to our team did to uh, Spokane Community Court. Uh, Spokane um, is in Washington. It's a similar situated city. city, And and. The library is the model that they used, and when we stepped into their library and saw um, how they were servicing people, we immediately um, were drawn to that idea of being um, in a location that is already servicing the same population. And having providers right on site for those individuals available not only to offenders but also um, available to the community at large. Um, And our library, similar to Spokane, is situated right in the heart of downtown and it's right next to public transportation. So it's really convenient, very welcoming. You know what is so nice about it is you don't have to invest a lot of capital in a new building or a new space. The library already meets the majority. And if you really look closely at the mission of most libraries, it's maybe not directly tied to, to justice, but it is similar in in heart to what um, the court has in terms of providing um, services and access.
1: And so how how does the, the, the Eugene model work? I mean, maybe if you could just walk us through um, a, a hypothetical defendant.
0: During the week, if an officer has an interaction with an individual in the downtown geographic area, and they issue a citation, they will cite them into the library. So it actually has the library's address on it, and it's on a Friday. So as people come in, um, they come through security, a very friendly security officer. (laughs) They'll check in, um, and everybody's name goes up on a whiteboard so they know where they're at in the process. They know what the next step is. So they go through the Center for Court Innovation Assessment Tool is what we use that assesses their risk of reoffending, and it also gives us information about their social service and criminogenic needs. Out of that, we produce a draft case plan and a petition, so it's it's a diversion program. Their cases will be dismissed if they engage in the program, how long their program is, is dependent on their risk of reoffending. And their uh, case plan also indicates which service providers they would be required to engage with for the duration of their program. So if they have a substance abuse issue or they have a mental health issue, they'll be expected to be evaluated and um, engage in treatment and housing as well. If they're if they are not or if they're unhoused, then they will be required to take a housing assessment or pursue housing while they're in the program. Um, once they've taken the assessment, they'll meet with their defense attorney, and their defense attorney um, explains all their rights and um, what the program is and the commitment, and then um, they can opt in or opt out. So if they choose to opt out, their case will get reset to the traditional court. If they opt in, they'll enter in um, to that program that same day. And then once once they're done with that core process, we have volunteers that escort them to the next room. They'll meet with their case manager, and then they will meet with providers. And each participant also has to give um, eight hours in community service. And then on their way out, after they have connected with providers, um, we have a group of faith-based organizations that donate sack lunches every week, and so they leave with a lunch. And then they're required every week to come and report in to the case manager, and they see the judge on a regular basis, not every week, but monthly at least.
1: And so this is all taking place then on the same day in the same location?
0: Yes, on on the same day in the same location. And the other thing is is that people don't have to have a citation to come if a somebody from the community wants to come in and access services they don't go through the court process but they can come in and they can access that provider room um, and talk to any of the providers we have housing treatment catholic community services saint vincent de paul employment um, social security um, people there to help uh, crisis intervention all kinds of services
1: and then i just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about about the reception of the court in in eugene and some different groups i'm interested in um i mean maybe for starters um let's say police and and and, and local business people what 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 have been their reactions
0: our um police have been great partners our library has been a- Wonderful partner. Um, Our um, police have another program that's downtown that they call um, Community Outreach Response Team, um, and it works really nicely with community court. They proactively go out and work with people who... um, who have a high number of calls proactively instead of going out when there's an incident. And so they're able to go out and meet with those people and say, hey, come in on Friday and go. let's go access this housing service or let's go access this other service before a citation even um, starts. And so our um, police department has been um, a wonderful partner um, in this, and they um, also have one officer on site. It's been a great relationship-building um, experience for them. I would say our businesses. Um, there's a variety of variety of opinions. I think um, many, most of them, like the approach have community court and they like the, the um, idea that people um, can move on in a positive direction. At the same time, um, you know, they still have people sleeping on the sidewalk in front of their businesses. And, and so the conversation that we are continually having is that community court doesn't solve all problems. Um, there's some people who opt out. Um, there's some people who aren't ready for treatment. Um, there's some people who aren't ready to be housed. And, um, so it doesn't solve the problem generally, but it sure has made an impact, um, on improving the situation downtown.
1: And then what about, um, the reaction from advocates, uh, for the homeless who I think sometimes in the past have, have, criticized the city's approach and seen a sort of over-criminalization of, of homelessness, homeless people getting infractions simply for doing what they need to do to survive. Have, have, you, have you heard reactions from them?
0: I think we've heard a variety of reactions um, from them. There's still a group of people that are very active around advocacy for homeless. And just really, um, I think we would be in agreement with them that there needs to be more housing resources. People need to be able to have a place to be housed. And we would agree there's definitely a a shortage there. Um, Our service providers and other kinds of advocates, they love this program and they refer people here all the time they love the synergy even amongst the providers in the room so if one provider is working with an individual and they say hey come on friday i'll connect you with saint vincent de paul and they can give you a clothing voucher or they can you know we'll get you connected with housing to this person it's so much nicer for them to be able to say hey come on friday and they know everybody in the room and um, they can work together to help solve problem solve for an individual
1: and we may have people listening who who might be interested in in trying to set up something similar in their own community. Are there some unexpected uh, challenges that came up for you along the way?
0: Probably two of the biggest challenges that we've had are th- three I guess I'll mention. One is um, our space. We love being at the library, but um, I think we underestimated the need for this kind of a program. And we um, oftentimes have large groups of people. Um, and it, so it can be a little chaotic in there. Uh, two, we uh, underestimated the involvement of the community. So we thought, you know, we had hoped that more community members would come in to volunteer, um, to help with community service kinds of projects and to really kind of help restore people to the community. And um, we've seen pockets of that, but in general, we can always use more volunteers and um, we are rethinking how we do our community service, maybe doing some more skill building with individuals. Um, But other than that, I think, you know, it it takes a lot of coordination. There's a big um, resource in terms of coordinating all the different pieces of volunteers and service providers and court and lunches, <laughs> coffee and all that, but it um, but it's definitely um, rewarding work.
1: Do you have a sense yet of of um, any early results on the court's performance?
0: Well, I can tell you that um, when we look back at the number of individuals who have graduated our program, ninety one percent of them have not reoffended, have not had a new offense in municipal court at all. And that includes whether it's in our catchment area or not. 91% of them have not reoffended in the municipal court jurisdiction.
1: And then just to end, I guess, on a slightly more personal note, um, you're clearly pretty passionate about this court. Would you say it's it's had uh, an effect on sort of your job satisfaction level as a court administrator?
0: Definitely. I um, recently read this quote from John A. Cuff, and it says, The joy of doing work that matters is enjoying the harvest. And um, I'm at the point now where I don't have to be down there every week to help keep the wheels on. But I like to go down and just talk with people and hear their story and see the graduations and, and hear participants talk about how their life has moved a step forward or to see the hope in the countenance of somebody's. Um, faces and just really enjoying enjoying seeing people improve their self-esteem or their confidence.
1: Well that's great. Cheryl I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I've been speaking with Cheryl Stone. Cheryl is the court administrator for the City of Eugene. For more information on the Eugene Community Court, you can visit our website at courtinnovation.org. You've been listening to another episode of the New Thinking Podcast from the Center for Court Innovation. Our theme music is by Michael Aaron at quivernyc.com. Please consider leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts. It does help new listeners discover the show. I'm Matthew Watkins. Thanks for listening.